Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money, I'm Glenn James and this is John Pigeon. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, we want to have a bit of fun, we want to encourage you, we want to inspire you and hopefully provide some infotainment along the way. John Pigeon is a certified, sanctified, glorified, delivered property coach. John, what do you do with yourself? I uh, look, I buy property in my spare time and I help others do the same. Love it. And uh, for me, if you are new, I'm a retired financial advisor turned podcaster. Now, I guess, running a a small media company. We've got a heap of podcasts. Entrepreneur. And uh, we're just giving it a good shake. Uh, If you are interested in getting more engaged, you can follow us on Instagram. You can jump in the Facebook group. Uh, and you'll have a hoot and a half. You ready to have a chat about the three P's to buying in a hot market, John? Let's do it. All right. There was an anonymous post in the Facebook group. And just as a reminder, everybody, Facebook have allowed uh, in our group, they've turned on the anonymous posting function. And basically what that means is you can put the post in, it goes to the moderators and they will manually look at that. Uh, It doesn't instantly allow uh, anonymous posts and they will get approved. We'll see the person who's writing it. And uh, if we're happy for that question to be approved, that's fine. And... I've told the the team that we reserve the right not to post any of those. So, you know, if someone's saying something that's not going to add that much value or it's just mm. ridiculous or we've had a flurry of those similar questions recently, we'll just um we just won't put that up and yep. it's 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 not you, it's us, everybody. So that's not a problem. So this question here Hey guys, looking to live with convenience temporarily. In the current Sydney market, would you purchase a residential apartment to live in, pay strata and commit to a mortgage, or pay a bit more, rent a nice place for a year and wait for the property market to cool down? The current situation is, and this is kind of, it really doesn't matter the current situation because you can chat about the uh, the first point, but for, for their uh, situation, partner and I are about 30 years old, combined income of 200000 uh, They're getting married next year and they're looking to start a family ASAP uh, and they currently hold three properties, all negatively geared, uh, so they've got no positive cash flow um, with those properties and they are ruling out going back home to live with parents. So I might throw to you, John, hot markets, a lot of capital cities, coronavirus, you know, there's a squeeze on property, there's a squeeze on recreational full drives, there's a squeeze on kayaks and yep, all the all the fun stuff. Mm. Uh, what are your comments on, on this? Yeah, look, it, it is a common question um, and mainly surrounding Sydney or Melbourne, but it, but it does um, yeah, come across in, in a lot of other areas too. But I, I would say rent a nice place for a year, but not for the reason that it's a hot market. The thing that concerns me here is, okay, we've got 200K, which is great, but in Sydney, that's um, probably required now to hold a mortgage. Uh, We're getting married next year and we're negative cash flow. So there's some costs going out in our life, isn't there? And um, I don't know how much negative gearing is going on, but if we are going to start a family ASAP, then we need to be cash heavy. So that might mean just simply renting for a year. As they say, in a nice place, it's affordable. 
not necessarily wait for the market to cool down, but just to uh, you've got three properties, just uh, hold tight for a minute until you get some certainty around your life. Yeah, and we don't actually like if you really want to get analytical, we don't know the location of their properties, mm. so we don't want them to you know, overcook the one location if all their properties are in Sydney, greater Sydney or whatnot. Um, For me, John, I just kind of even look at the first sentence and I've circled one word temporarily. Now, I don't think it's ever advisable to buy a property temporarily. No. Because the problem is if we go down that road and say, well, for us to live and enjoy life, we've got to own a place. Yeah. Albeit a home, albeit a, a unit, okay? I'm not buying an apartment just to scratch that each to say, oh, we can now- Paint the walls. Or we, yeah, or we can camp here mm. and then um, when we do find our dream home or whatever, yeah. go and buy that. Because I think what you might find is on that income and with starting a family, you might struggle to get the finance anyway. Mm. If you've already yeah. holding a mortgage for a house that you're living in, albeit an apartment. Yeah. And then if there was the perfect storm of your um, renting in the apartment, and I'm talking about the perfect negative storm, mm. you find a home that you want to live in. Oh, and we've got this apartment. It's gone sideways. It costs us money. There's an overkill of apartments in this area. Now we're just an apartment investor by default. Yeah. So there's just right. no actual strategy there. No, that's right. And, and I think, the listeners probably want us to answer, well, do we buy in a hot market or do we do we hang on? And we're going to go into a detail about some tips and tricks for that. Yeah, but in terms of this question, all day long, I'm renting a nice place mm. and I'm going to still keep saving, yeah. albeit not as much, mm. and still keep looking for that place. Yeah. Because one of my favourite sayings is, it can all change in an instant. It can. Is that one of your favourites? I say in my mind a lot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No one's ever heard it before. No, cool. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, just rent and have some flexibility. And I would even say like pay strata and commit to a mortgage. I would probably dare you to actually crunch the numbers of the strata payments because it probably is very close because it could cost $130 a week for the strata payment alone. Yeah, look, and, and it is cheap money. And this is why the, the debate's going on so heavily, isn't it? Like I can rent for $800 a week and it's actually cheaper for me to hold a million-dollar mortgage, Yeah, right? Yeah. So this is where this has all come about. Mm. But, yeah, when you work out the flexibility, when you work out the performance of maybe a unit or apartment in that particular suburb in the last 10 years, the strata costs, yeah, you may not be mm. um, ahead. All right, well, let's cut to the chase. Are we waiting for the market to cool down before we buy. Mm. Now, I'll throw to you and then while you're having a bit of a think of, you know, what to do in this situation, I would say, you know, for your own personal situation, please take advantage of John's clarity call. If you want to spend 45 minutes, an hour on the phone with John, uh, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. And there's a link there that will take you straight to his website and his booking form and just bounce your situation off him. Third party, John doesn't care if you go and buy a place or stay renting because he's a third party. He's not your father. He's not your mother. He's certainly, you know, not your grandmother or great uncle. Uh, So just really, you know, you can search Clarity Call in the Facebook group or the apps and just get a feel. But, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars and... Just bounce your situation off a third party. And full disclosure, I don't get a cent of this. It's just purely to cover John's time. And are you ready to have a rant, John? Let's do it. Thanks for the organic plug. No, that's all right. Um, So I think we've got to look at the individual situation and the the location. And uh, I'd ask you all to go on to maybe even just realestate.com and type in your suburb and you can check the annual growth uh, over the last, I think it has from 2012 to, to today, or which is 2020 because it needs a full 12 months of, um, of trading. And what you'll probably find is markets in good locations don't necessarily drop and plummet after a, after a peak, but they will flatten out to some degree. Now, if they're going to flatten out, 
what's the difference in holding out uh, versus buying now? Well, the difference is you're not competing with 20, 30 other buyers. You might be competing with one or two or five other buyers. So it gives you a better chance to pay retail for it instead of retail plus 10%. So looking at the auction clearance rates from yesterday, well, this weekend just gone, we've got uh, Victoria, the auction capital of the world, 88%, which is pretty high. We've got New South Wales at 87%, not far behind it. Now, a lot more private sales occur, occur in New South Wales, meaning it doesn't go to auction, but that doesn't mean it's, um, it's not open to the public. It just means it's, it's, it's not an auction process. So out of that uh, auction clearance rate in Victoria of 88%, 100 were sold before auction which means that there's some negotiation going on. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, I want to go to an auction, uh, it doesn't mean you need to wait till the day to put in your bid. Right. You can talk to them about buying before auction, um, the price you need to pay, etc. What I've kind of uh, thought of, John, with buying in a hot market, it really is the what I call the three Ps of buying in a hot market. Mm-hmm. Patience, persistence perseverance. And we need all three yes. when we are buying a house generally, but you need it more when there's a hot market. Mm. Now, let's go through patience. It's going to be a waiting game. You're going to have to look through a heap of properties. You're going to have to keep saving your deposit. Mm. You're going to have to wait for the right property to come up. Mm. Like I've been looking to uh, rent. Uh, I don't know if I've told you, I want to move to Merriweather and- <laughs> And I've been looking for rentals up there, right? Can't find one. Just can't find one. No. And, you know, one comes up and I'm just look- and I'm just looking online. I haven't even mm. gone to look at them. Mm. But I know that when one comes up, because I've been patient and not settled, mm. I can just jump on it. So, we've got to be patient. This is a process. You've got to be patient. Mm. Persistence. Now, persistence and perseverance, they're very similar words. But the reason I've used both of them is because the persistence factor It goes to a situation that could be a stubborn situation. So, you've got uh, vendors, you've got agents, you've got 50 people at an open. You have to be persistent and push through that. Like you really do. You just, you know, you're going to have a lot of crap. You're going to see news reports that it's too expensive to buy and Mm. give up and all this. But while you're being persistent, while you're being patient, you're still saving money. So, that's kind of a silver lining. Mm. The perseverance side... That word and the vibe of this perseverance thing, it's when the purpose is good. So, you know, we're watching the Olympics at the moment and, you know, it's just been fascinating to watch. But there's a lot of perseverance for these athletes, John. Um, They persevere. They keep the training up. So, it's when the purpose is good. You know, when we want to climb Mount Everest, we're persevering with the mountain because it's a personal goal and I really want to do this. So there's a variety of things that are coming at you, everyone, and I really encourage you to be patient, to be persistent and to persevere. And the good thing is just keep saving in the background. That's fine. And it just basically boils down to whatever the market is, whether it's a hot market, it's a cold market, number one, we're not going to buy a property as a temporary measure because we could be buying that bit of stock uh, like the anonymous poster said, the apartment market could be really hot and it really only matters in a hot market if you're planning it to sell it in the next year yeah. or whatever Like yeah. because there can be short-term fluctuations. We know with property prices, we know with share prices, we know with assets prices, in the long term, today's highs are tomorrow's Lows. Lows, yeah. So, that's why when we are looking at our first home, it is a hot market. But when we're buying a first home to live in, there is an intention there that we want to live in it for at least five to 10 years. Yeah. And and we're presuming that when we're buying in a hot market here, it's for our uh, own home. We want to live in it, right? But there's a lot of people out there wanting to buy investments in this hot market as and well. Maybe I might flag that with you, and I don't know if you've got time after we record this, but do a bonus episode, yeah. buying an investment property in a hot market, which yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy for. <laughs> well, I, I sort of 
because I always wear an investment hat yeah. or a wealth creation hat, I've always got you capitalist pig. No, no, I'm wearing it for the for everyone, right? Right, right. It's not just for me personally, but I look at it anyway. I don't want to buy. I want to. I don't want to pay too much for something, regardless of whether it's yeah. my own home or not. So. Yeah, I think um, good points. Um, the, the thing with patience is we can mistake that for taking our time and missing out on opportunity. Like your rent in Merriweather, for example, it might be $600 a week. It's not going to fly. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, I'm just pulling a figure. It's not going to fly to $800 a week in two months' time. Yeah. But in the property markets um, that we're surrounded by at the moment, we've seen properties go up 80, 100 grand this year. Mm. Right. And I'm actually doing a webinar on it this Wednesday about it. But the. And that's actually tomorrow for the people that are listening live. Correct. And is yes. that open to the public? Uh, it's, well, yes, it is. Do you want to get me a link? I'll get you a link. I'll send it to you. Regardless of that, we're going to do mm. a webinar with John in a, yeah. in a month or so. So anyway, sorry, you keep going. So looking at, I look at number one, it is, is it your intent to buy or are we just buying because of FOMO? Um, the market's going to go ahead, we'll never catch it. So we've got to be in a position where we've got our pre-approvals, our strategies in order, and we're not going to deviate from that. Right, that's the first critical part. If we can say, yes, we have, then we move on. The second one is knowing your price to pay in an area. Right Now, I just found a uh, property for a client just last week gone. Northern Beaches, Sydney, so not cheap. Now, when we looked at the, the market there, we know that the median price in that area is 1.9. Um, now, median means stuff all when you look at four bedroom versus three bedroom versus larger block versus smaller block versus newer versus unrenovated, et cetera, et cetera. We know the demand per property in this particular suburb is about five and a half thousand visits per property on realestate.com versus the national other state average of 1,700. So understanding just how hot this market is, if we waited another 12 months, six months, yes, you're saving deposit. However, um, over the last eight years, that market has continued to perform, mm. right? And, and you would just be chasing your tail if we wait another 12 months. Now, how do we get- And it really doesn't matter because if you're going to live in it, you've got to live somewhere. That's right. And that's where it's important to know what your price to pay for something is. Mm. And you can only do that by getting your runners on and getting your hands dirty by researching, right? But there's also this other thing. Um, I'll make two points. The first one being maybe if you are legitimately priced out of a market, you might have to pivot and say, I'm going to be a rent investor. And, and that was my next point is understanding. <laughs> Johnny and Glennie hand in glovey. So know that your market you're in, you're comfortable to be able to purchase something quickly in that market, right? Mm. Talking to a client last week, their ceiling is 700K, but they're looking in, mar in a market that's, it starts at about 680. We know it's going to go, end up going for 710, 730, and they just continue to get frustrated. So peg back a market, get into a market where the median might be 620, 630, and give yourself a real shot. My second point is, you have to do things to stand out and be dramatic. Mm -hmm. So I'm of the view that I don't really get embarrassed and I'll do fun and weird stuff. And people think it's weird, but it's legitimate. But like, so I'm looking for rentals. If the ideal one comes up because I need a place that's big enough that I can have a bit of a studio area, maybe downstairs mm -hmm. or, or whatever, and one of my re prerequisites is I want to be able to see the ocean and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been pretty selective because it's not urgent. So I figure because it's not urgent, I'll wait until something is more ideal. Yeah. So when the ideal rental property comes up that I see, I'll be striking like a mighty cobra. Yes. So to your point, mm. what you're basically saying is you've got to do what the opposition is not prepared to do themselves. Yeah. Right. So in a hot market as a buyer, we're saying you've got to be the agent's best friend. When everyone else says, I don't want to talk to the agent and tell them what I'm after, I say absolutely be their best friend, have them on speed dial, give them the shits for the next six weeks until you get a result. And on that, would you also, if your finances is lined up and all that stuff, would you say that 
you can say, look, happy to waive cooling off or we can be flexible or in, yeah. like if they want to settle in three months, that's awesome. Yeah. If they want to settle in three days, that's awesome. We can do this, baby. Yeah. Don't overcommit with your emotions just because you want something. But yeah, understanding that in each state, everything different mm. is different. Like Queensland, they want offers on a contract. Right. Right. So you've got to know, you, your broker's got to understand what you're prepared to do and what you can, what they can get done in that time frame. If they say 28 day cooling off period and you haven't got a pre-approval, you're probably going to be in trouble. So, but it does depend on who the vendor is and the agent you're dealing with. Mm. Like I'm dealing with an agent at the moment who's saying, the first time you'll see this property being listed is on real estate. We're not going to, uh, on realestate.com or domain. We're not going to tell anyone that this is coming on that's just the way they're doing it, which is annoying because we buy a lot of our properties before they even reach realestate.com or domain, right? And that's it. Like Emily Wallace, who was on the uh, podcast and your co-host on My Millennial Property Podcast, you know, most of the properties she sources for her clients being mm. a buyer's advocate slash buyer's agent, they're off market. Yeah. So if you are in a better position than the average bear and you might have an extra 10 or 15 grand to outsource and really get cute, mm. I would pull the trigger on a buyer's advocate. Yeah. And and someone said to me last week, oh, every time I, I look on realestate.com, it's, it says under offer on every property. Well, that's because people like us have bought them. And, and they're throwing them up as an advertising? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So day one under offer. We've got to move along, but I might just play this testimony uh, from Jess, who is in Brisbane. She's a listener of the show. She came to the Brisbane event with her partner, Sherry, and they were struggling for a while to buy their first home to live in. You know, they're in a reasonable position, so we'll say that. Uh, But let's have a listen here and um, see what their story was. Hey guys, my name is Jessica and I'm very happy to say that I'm recording this voice memo in the living room of my very first home. Uh, My partner Sherry and I bought, well, we settled last week um, after 30 days and it's a really great feeling. Uh, Sherry is a sales manager at a BMW dealership and I'm a legal assistant finishing off my law degree. We looked for about three months after getting a pre-approval in place and there was probably two or three months before that where we knew that we could have gone ahead with the purchase if we really wanted to, um, but we were still sticking it out to get to our savings goal. We looked at maybe 45 properties in total, uh, of which we made five offers and went to auction three times. And it was just madness. I mean, we were going to open homes in Brisbane with, you know, 45, 50 other people um, lining up to go through the house. And they were selling, you know, easily for $100,000 more than what we could get them valued at, um, you know, or the price guide in the rare occasion that there was one. So it was just a red hot, a red hot market um, in all the suburbs that we were looking at. But in the end, we just changed our strategy. I think it was really difficult with our schedules because Sherry's always working on Saturday and it's not really practical for her to not be. So we were hoping that I would be able to go to inspections on Saturdays and kind of narrow down the list and then get her out to do a second private inspection in the week. Um, But we just had to change our strategy because... Well, the last couple of houses that we really wanted prior to actually securing this one went under offer on the Saturday. So getting her out on the Monday just wasn't an option. So we made the decision that we would risk it for a chocolate biscuit and have me find something and make an offer prior to her seeing it. Um, you know, obviously after a lot of consultation, we'd kind of agreed on what we really wanted the house to have and then other nice to haves. And the property ended up finding kind of ticked all of the boxes. And thankfully, when she actually went out to see it, she did like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really long road or what feels like a really long road, um, but we're very, very happy to be in. And yeah, I guess just totally feel like it was worth it, even though it was I guess two, pretty much two years start to finish, like from starting saving to actually sitting in the house. So very happy days. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. So there you have, John. You know, it takes time. It's successful because they put the three Ps to work and they got their home and didn't happen overnight, but it happened. It was one of those pissed, the P. <laughs> what? At the event, they got pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, freaking that Brisbane event. Jeez. Wild. It was great. Yeah. Um, it's like they'd all come out of captivity and uh, they just... Well, it doesn't help when I say at the break, oh, I've put another $1,500 on the bar or whatever. <laughs> no. Um, okay, let's move along. And thanks, Jess, for sending that in. Gabrielle Feather, how to recover from money regret, i.e. not paying attention to any finances in her 20s. Mm, sounds familiar. Well, I think we've all been there. And Correct. the good thing is about podcasts and... Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, it just like I didn't ha- like in my early twenties and late teens, I couldn't follow a personal finance person online. No, like I had to watch uh, Money on Channel Nine at seven o'clock on a Saturday night or some weird thing, and yeah. a lot of it was talking about retirement and yeah. you know targeted to people that weren't yeah. in their twenties. So it was Paul Clitheroe or nothing. Yeah, yeah. So Paul and Koshi, they had it at the the island locked up on their freaking 800 grand a year salaries. That's right. Uh, Love it. Channel 9, reach out if you need me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's just a different era. So I'm hoping there's less questions like this over time. Mm. And part of this podcast is that encouragement. Yeah. Is that uh, let's learn the one or two percenters over time and implement them. Yeah. But that doesn't help Gabrielle right now. No, let's answer that for her. And I'll just speak from my personal situation in my 20s. Like, I think it was, I was pretty crap with my money. Like, yes, I, I loved to buy property and I did that, but I, the rest of it was wasted away a lot of the time, having a good time on weekends. And I, a lot of it, I don't blame my friends for this, but surrounding yourself with those people who were doing exactly the same thing as I was. So um, it's it's really a case of, moving on and changing our habits. Now, that mean doesn't mean not catching up with your friends, but it just means um, having our ceiling on, on how much we do spend. And, and I'm sure you're aware of this, Gabrielle. Regret-wise, I, I just think we've got to look through the windscreen and not the rearview mirror. Look, our 20s are done. Let's, let's move on to our 30s and, and look at our opportunity going forward for the next 20, 30 years, not look back and think, geez, I, I could have changed that because the fact is we can't. Yeah, and it might be for someone in their 30s uh, on social media or Instagram, like don't listen to Gen Z Money podcast for people under 24, like mm. unfollow influencers that are in the early 20s because yeah. that's just going to reinforce maybe some guilt like, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah. But on the same token, if you want to do that just for encouragement, absolutely do that. I don't know what spectrum of, you know, vibe that you are. But I mean, I would probably say we're here now, let's get on with it. Mm. And you've got to realise you're in your 30s or early 30s, you're going to be the envy of somebody in their 50s and 60s who wish that I got on top of my money in my 30s. So I don't think all's lost. And I would say, let's look for some easy, fast wins. Let's get the spending plan. Let's um, have some solid goals. Let's get out of debt. Let's just start and let's get encouraged and jump in the Facebook group, ask this question in the group publicly and get it crowdsourced. But we're here now, let's get on with it. And that's okay. There's no guilt, there's no shame. And in that, like anyone listening to My Millennial Money, like we will champion anyone's financial goal. We'll champion any movement. We will just be here. You know, every freaking question that we answer most weeks, there's only five real questions, John. How do I get started investing? How do I buy my first home? How do I get out of debt? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There's only a handful of things. Yeah. But we will be here as your encouragement. 
Yes. And yeah. And and you mentioned before about the social media platforms. Mm. This could be the detriment uh, to Gabrielle because she's hearing all these success stories in in people's twenties, saying, "Oh, I should have done better." Now I've just realised I was pretty crap in my twenties. Yeah. Well, we know comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. So maybe it's instead of following people that might seem younger and more financially successful than you, Gabrielle. What about you say, well, I'm going to follow people that are more my age and older than me uh, and look for the aspiration. So not the comparing, the aspiration. Uh, But again, like I know people in their 50s and 60s that listen to me in my 30s and they're getting aspiration and encouragement. So age isn't a huge thing, but sometimes Mm. with this stuff, we get in our own head, John. So That's right. Tell yourself a different story, Gabrielle. Andrew Gauchy says, going from two incomes, uh, moving towards FIRE, financial independence, retiring early, and then moving to one income. So, how can you solve Andrew's problems, John? (laughs) Uh, Right. So, we're reducing our hours by going from two incomes to one. He, what does he want to get out of this? Um, a strategy as to how to drop from two to one? I don't know. I think he's, um, that's all he wrote in. But I just mm. thought it was interesting that I want to talk about that there's no magic formula to anything. We've got basic principles. And I talk about in our budget, there's only really four levers that can be pulled at any one time. And that is increase income, decreasing savings. So we're not saving as much or two other levers. We're going to review a budget category. And that example could be that I go to the gym. So I'll pay my gym membership and then at the gym, because over in Garage on, you can be a member and pay a PT in there. Yes. So it might be, well, I'm going to review that category and say, I will just pay the gym membership, but drop the PT. Mm. Or the fourth lever is to cut something out completely which could be, well, I'm going to not have the gym or the PT and just get a friend or accountability partner, go running, do some training online and it's not going to work for everyone. And I pick on the gym and the exercise stuff because just easy as an example um, and it is valuable to a lot of people. So basically what that means is with those four levers, the perfect storm would be to kind of do all things, right? except the decreased savings. So, Mm. increase income, review your budget and cut crap out that you don't need and save more. Yeah. So, I think Andrew, he obviously wants to get that independence or or that financial independence at a certain stage. So, understanding reverse engineering, when does that want to be? What age? How, How many years away is that? And what amount does he need at that time? So, I think like... I gave the example here, 50 grand income is our main income and then say 30 is our part-time income, something like that. So, he might be saving that second income each year. Or he might have a spouse that wants to stop work to start, you know, have a child. Either way, either way, mm. same sort of example. So, if we're saving that 30 grand a year and then we stop that second income, there goes our savings. So, as you said, something needs to change, doesn't it? And there's only natural laws of the universe. Mm. You know, gravity's one... Uh, driving fast through a speed camera is another. Um, some things are just going to happen. Yeah. And with Andrew, the fact is with less income, you will achieve fire slower mm. unless you really, really, really get the machete out yeah. and, on cut the, and cut the lifestyle. Get the tiny home. Go and live on a property with no rent. Go and live with your in-laws and don't pay any rent. I mean, there's actually no thing that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> like, No, I think you interviewed someone in this space a while ago. Um, I, I'm not a believer of living on baked beans and water for the next 10 years to, to then say that I'm financially independent Like, because mm. we don't know what's going to be around the corner and the next 10 years I actually want to enjoy. Mm. So I think it's a balance and that's why the whole fire movement – I'm not convinced with um, because I don't want people to put so much pressure on themselves that they don't enjoy life now. Yeah, and I think it's weird. Like I I would say I'm by default a member of the the FIRE community because 
I, I want to live on my own terms. And that's why I say loot, yeah. life on own terms. Like, yeah. and, and I think the problem is, the overarching problem is, as humans, we want to feel part of a tribe. We want to feel part of a community because anytime I say something critical about fire, mm. as in, well, can't you just do that? And they turn around and just defend the community. It's like, oh, no, yeah. no, yeah, you can. And I'm like, well, what are we doing here? Like, we all agree. Yeah. I, I'm just attacking your identity because you've identified as a human That's right. in this tribe. So, yeah. And I know it's only an acronym, but retire really to me, like I'm, I feel as though I'm already retired. Same. Because I enjoy what I do every day. Retiring early to me m- means that we're not enjoying something right now. So we want to get to the end result quicker. But they would say, John, but do you have the option to do nothing and still have an income? Yeah. So, and, but the, the answer is I don't care about that option because I like working because <laughs> I yeah, like what I do. I like, want some meaningful yeah. hours in my life. <laughs> You're going to attract so much drama from the fire community yeah. by saying this stuff because <laughs> it's, it's just like, just do what you want, everyone. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, if you want to live on nothing and do lean fire or whatever it is and then not work and still live on nothing, that's awesome. Yeah. Or if you want to just go hard, build up and just live life and enjoy life with options, awesome. Yeah. And, and back to my point, I, I just don't want someone to wake up in 10 years saying, oh, look, I'm financially independent now and think, actually, I didn't enjoy those last 10 years. Mm. Now I've got regret. Yeah, that's right. And I just, I honestly, like the fire community and and trust me, Glenn James is in the fire community. I don't subscribe to the dogma of defending a title and a tribe, which is fine. But like, I don't want to waste what I've got. And what I've got is a big annuity that's going to print money for the next 30 years. And that big fat annuity is Glenn James. Mm-hmm. And You're calling yourself obese? Well, my BMI is questionable. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I just don't want to, I don't know, but that's just me. Like I've met people that legitimately have accrued and you can listen. There's an episode on the My Millennial Money Express podcast. I interviewed a, a chick from America and they achieve fire and they're in their 30s. But, you know, they've got, you know, multi-million dollar portfolio they unashamedly said, yeah, but we kind of earned 300 grand each or something for the yeah. <laughs> for the years building up to that. And, yeah, it's relative. And then uh, her husband is legitimately retired. Like he's yeah. in his 30s and he skis or whatever and doesn't work. Mm. It suits him. Awesome. But I think for the most of us, we would actually struggle not to get out there and add value. And sure, he might add value to volunteering or mm doing his own personal pursuits. But I think a lot of us like to add value in the marketplace. But yeah, I don't know where we're going there, but... Um, good uh, good discussion, Andrew. Hopefully that helped. We might finish up. What's the time here? Yeah, we're probably out cooking this a little bit. Uh, and it's, it's maybe a similar question to Gabrielle's around um, kind of starting from her 30s with some money regrets. And that's from Matt Burke. Hi, Glenn. I'm a part-time teacher and musician since COVID. It's finally taught me at the age of 32 that sometimes the income stream can be turned off. I've loved listening to podcasts like yours and reading books about finance to finally sort my money out. Thanks for all the awesome advice across the My Millennial Pods. I have a super quick question. The short version that I hope increases the chances of it being answered on the podcast. (laughs) Ha ha. And that's it. If you want to send a question in, Go to the website and do it there. Don't send 15 paragraphs because it's actually impossible uh, for us to answer. So I'm 32 years old with an emergency fund, but no assets or debts. So the question is, throw everything at house deposit as number one priority or build wealth through shares and only start saving for a house with a significant other to split that cost in half with? Is this debate session number two? I think it is, yeah. (laughs) So, we'll start the timer <laughs> just to piss everyone off who didn't like the uh, lax nature of the debate last week. I'm going to start the timer now and, John, 
You've got two minutes to answer that question now. All right. So throwing everything at a house deposit priority one or building wealth through shares, I would uh, definitely say um, saving a house deposit is important. And if we're wanting to buy something in the next three years or we need that money in the next three years, I wouldn't be going and putting it into shares that uh, could potentially risk losing some of that and setting you back not not forward. So I would be just uh, yeah having a savings plan, putting the money aside, knowing that it's going to be used uh, in the shape of a house deposit as quick as you possibly can. If significant other comes along with an amount to contribute towards that, that may be fast-tracked if she's on or he's on a higher income then that's awesome as well. But uh, essentially, I would be taking the first option and uh, just putting everything towards a guaranteed amount that's going to be sitting there for when you can pull the trigger. Awesome. That only took you a minute. Is that all? Yeah. yeah. So we might actually get Nate to put the, the countdown timer in in the background of that one. So I'm going to answer it with a minute. And my time starts now. Firstly, I'd like to uh, congratulate John on being a little bit more woke and thoughtful and not assuming that every guy will uh, end up with a woman. Uh, he did say... <laughs> woke. <laughs> he did say, oh. he did say uh, uh, she or he, which that's uh, a new one for John. So, well done, John. Now, <laughs> You've just wasted 15 seconds. Mate, I don't need it. Matt, you it just comes... me. No, 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 no. Matt, it just comes down to goals. If you want to save her house, bloody save her house and get one. Don't wait around for the scenario of what if I meet someone and yeah, all yeah. this stuff. Um, if you're going to start, like any first home buyers, and we'll put a link in the show note, first home super saver scheme, watch that video. It's a great resource, but it does come down to goals. If you're happy renting and you're happy living life and you just want to invest, Matt, pump it, baby. Yeah, <laughs> pump the investment. Uh, but yeah, really, it just comes down to goals. Do what you want. A man or a woman is not a plan. No. Is that the end of the minute? So, I've heard you say before. It is now. <laughs> I've heard you say before. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting to use particular funds in the next three to five years, yeah, that you wouldn't go and risk it on the share market. Yeah. Do you still stand by that comment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you agree with me? Yeah. In in the, if you are wanting to buy a house in the next three years, yeah. Uh, as a first home, yeah. we wouldn't want to put that capital at risk. Yeah. We would probably look at considering the first home super saver scheme or just yes. keeping it in cash. Mm. Although, if you are actually on the fence and you might say, I don't really know, I'm, I'm actually not sold on a house. You well, might say, yeah. well, I'm just going to start an investment for- portfolio and pump that. Hell, if in three years time, a house comes up and I fall in love with it, I want to buy a house. Mm. You can make that judgment call of what the market's doing at that time, whether you should sell down and put that money into a home deposit. Mm. So, uh, it really depends. Yeah, because Matt doesn't really say whether it's his number one priority or not. He's just saying it's an option to uh, build my share portfolio first and then potentially have some help to get into a a home together or uh, or go and save that on his own. So, Mm. in any case, hope we've helped that. Matt, thanks for listening. And John, thanks for being here. Pleasure. Thanks for working on a Sunday. Love it. What is it, the 1st of... Um, it is August. 1st of August. So there you have it, everybody. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. John. Glenn. Olympics, they've been on.
I have. You've been watching them? I have. Yeah, really? It just makes me want to be an Olympian. <laughs> what sport would you, uh, well, you think you could excel at? I think if I put my mind to it, any sport, to be honest. Really? Yeah. My mind, my heart, my soul. Have you got the, the genes and the hereditary? No. To- <laughs> Absolutely not. No. But okay. look, if I'm being real, I think I would like, if I was going to be an Olympian, um, I reckon I would like to do shooting oh, yes. because I grew up doing a lot of shooting. My mm-hmm. grandfather was a gunsmith. My dad okay. still shoots clay targets every week. Yeah, and cool. I've, I've loved shooting like um, yeah. clay targets and all that stuff. You've already got the earmuffs on ready to shoot. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I'll do that. Um, archery. Oh, yeah. That would be fun, yeah. I reckon. Uh, and I actually, I want to buy... A, an archery bow thing would be cool. Yeah, a yeah. bow and arrow, even. <laughs> Robin Hood. Robin Hood, mate. Robin Hood. Um, so anyone you don't like that rides past on their bike? Yeah, and I guess ride. the third sport, I'd probably, and I'll be honest, I could probably give it the best shake. I could probably do the try pretty easy. <laughs> I'd smash that out. Triathlon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good that you're abbreviating it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'm I, in the business. You wouldn't get it, John. I do tries. You, yeah. you wouldn't get it. <laughs> no. What would you do? Yeah. Well, I look. I'd probably do none of your first two. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't got an, an eye for targets. Uh, yeah, definitely triathlon. Mm. Definitely marathon. Mm. And I'd love to be a hundred meter freestyle Swimmer. champion. Yeah, like they are. Just that uh, explosiveness, that power, the yeah, just, uh, I just, I admire them. This is really mm. weird. Um, so you've got a client, Kate Campbell. Yes, she's racing today. Um, are you allowed to tell people she's a client? Have you asked her? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, we've had a chat. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, you'll probably try and get her on the podcast, won't you? I might get her on. Yes, you'll probably post, get her on the Olympics. You'll probably get her on the property show, though, not Correct. the main show. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it. Property. Um, I always think every time, and this is like a recurring thought that comes around every four years mm. that I've had since a child with the Olympics. Why don't they do doggy paddle? <laughs> <laughs> Serious yeah. question. Yeah. It's a legitimate stroke. Yeah, it's one of my first strokes that I go to when I jump in a pool. Uh, it's legitimate <laughs> because you can't swim, or it's just to, you like the doggy paddle it's a, around. It's a, it's a great style. It's a great stroke. Yeah. Um, you know what? Did I don't know if you had this growing up, but we used to do side stroke in the in the school sports. I wouldn't know. Yeah, it's gone missing. Grab the apple from the tree was the technique. Right. Put it in the bucket. So but, last, uh, <laughs> so last night it was Saturday night, and uh, you know we're in lockdown mm. and. So a few of my friends, we decided to do uh, a Zoom meeting, well, not a meeting, yeah. like as a catch up. So yep. Tim and Karinya, Beck and Jai, and yep. me, you know, fifth wheel. Um, <laughs> so we had, I think we were Zoom for like two hours. We had the Olympics on and yep. kind of watching it together, mm-hmm. which was really fun. Yep. I'd encourage anyone to do that. And we played cahoots, oh, yeah. uh, whatever it is, cahoot, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and. I may have made a fool out of myself because we were watching the track and field and long jump and discus and all that. And I said, do they still do hop, skip and jump? (laughs) (laughs) Which is commonly known as triple jump. And that's what they kind of, that was their reaction. Yeah. Uh, They laughed and actually told me it's called triple jump. Yeah. Um, But that's how you learn back in the day. And they do it Mm. still? (laughs) Um, Well, that's actually a good question. I think they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely they do. Because the track and field has just started. Yeah, so that's we're, right. we're trying to get back into the groove after yeah. the week of swimming. So I'm I'm just so encouraged with the Olympics. Yeah. And Channel 7, last Olympics in Rio, they stuffed the coverage. Yeah. They Everyone did. wins. They only really did swimming. But this year it's been great. Well, the only issue I have personally is getting from one channel to the next when you've got seven when you're on seven plus and you got seven mate and you got channel seven like be able to say give us enough of a schedule to be able to say this is what's happening for the day uh yeah i think you'll find that's available on a little thing called the internet <laughs> yeah uh, but i, I want to see it on the screen right so you can say right i flick over yeah yeah we'll take that on notice um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah why don't you set up like your laptop with seven mate or whatever 
and then the main screen is yes, seven. Yes, and that's what I've been doing on my phone. I just phone. hate the bloody ads, but I guess they've got to get their $150 million worth. True. But it just continues to amaze me. And, and this week in the pool has been even uh, more reinforcing that how good we are at sport in mm. Australia for a, a population so small. Yeah. Like gold medals, um, highest they've been, I think, in the, in mm. the pool. Like mm. it's just uh, amazing. And How's we haven't that? got any drug cheats. No. Not yet. Mm. <laughs> oh, Connie James isn't competing yet. Um, how amazing was the um, the standouts for me was the 10,000-metre runner. Mm. Um, what was his name? Uh, what was his name? Peachley yeah. or something? Hatcher? Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. he fell over. Yeah. But yep. Inspirational. I, I honestly, I don't give a crap that he – I wouldn't have cared if he didn't cross the line. Yeah. To have a bloody Aussie running that race. Yeah. Like he, I I don't even, I want to get him on the show. Yeah. Because there's such a, he had the three Ps, John. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He did have the three Ps. Yeah. I I just desperately want to ask him. Mm. I'll I'll try and hook this up. Yeah. Let's get him on the show. Because I just desperately want to ask him. It happened in 2018, the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Like he's got an aversion to heat. Like how does it, how does this happen? Well, because he's trained, he's obviously well trained for the event. It's not his first time he's ran ten k. Well, they yeah, that's right. That uh, they're saying the Olympics with the COVID thing and all that, it's at the wrong time of the year. It's yeah. too hot for the yeah. athletes over there. Mm. And then the other dude with the kind of mullet who ran the hundred. Yeah, that was spectacular, wasn't it? Rowan Browning. Yeah, yeah he was good. Like, mm. oh, how good is the mullet? Oh, it's back with a vengeance. It is. <laughs> It's so good. But one, what yeah. I've actually, I was on um, BCF website yesterday. Oh, yeah. And um, I think I'm going to buy a kayak. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Uh, you laugh, John. That's good. Why? You just want to get some tranquility uh, out in the middle of the ocean? Well, I've like down at Blue Bay and Twin Bay recently. Mm. And I've, I went, so what I've been doing in the morning, go and get takeaway coffee and food go down to the Haven, mm. um, do a bit of a walk, do some work in my car. Yep. And I'm just like, I saw people kayaking out from Avoca and Terrigal yeah. out to the markers where the shipwreck is, yes. like the HMAs Adelaide. Yeah. And I'm like, and then Blue Bay's just been flat. Beautiful. I'm like, I could be a kayaker. You could. But K- K1. K1. But mm. I, um, I can't yet because I'm getting my wrist operated on, on Thursday. So I have to wait till after. I've got a client who's one of the head rowing coaches um, at the AAS. Maybe I can get you a kayak. <laughs> not not going to brag, John, but I've got a Stanford rowing T-shirt when I did went to Stanford. Did you? Yeah. We did Was that in the merch shop? No, they gave it to us because we did a yeah. rowing session. Right. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll wait till I get my wrists fixed. Mm. So any get well cards, guys, you can just send them to Glenn James, PO Box 7184. Twoon Bay 2261. <laughs> I'm impressed that you're uh, that excited and pumped about the Olympics. Cause, oh, mate. You wouldn't yeah. get it, but I'm heaps into sport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Well, on that note, there's uh, three AFL games to Sabah that I've got to watch. So. All right, bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.